Welcome to the Relentless Indigenous Women podcast, where empowerment, justice, and reconciliation take center stage. Hosted by the dynamic L.A. Lucree woman, Candace Linklater. She's the founder and visionary of Relentless Indigenous Woman Co. with nearly 1 million social media followers, an educator, PhD candidate, and proud reskin. This podcast is a passionate platform for Indigenous people and allies alike. Here's your host, Candace Linklater. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Relentless Indigenous Woman podcast. I've been thinking and talking about it for about a year. The technology of everything and setting everything up for a podcast intimidated me a lot. It's not exactly within my purview. I'm an educator by trade. So all of this is very new to me, but I wanted to do it because there are so many topics that I think need elaborating on, especially the tough topics that I talk about on my social media pages, uh, particularly on Facebook. Sometimes, you know, if you've been following me for a while, I post really short, really poignant things, but I sometimes elaborate in the comments And sometimes I don't, but I feel that maybe I could offer this podcast as a way to elaborate on those points more. Um, About a year ago, I used to do Facebook Lives and I would elaborate on some of my topics there for maybe about half an hour to 45 minutes. And that was so much fun to hang out with you all at that time. But I've been really busy with business lately, which is amazing. And I've been busy traveling and moving into my new home out here in Calgary and I'm very excited to be here. I'm loving, loving the community and the people that I met so far here. I'm very, very thankful to be here. One of the people that I had the pleasure of meeting so far since moving out here to Calgary was my friend Chase, whom you heard at the beginning of this podcast. We did some recordings the other day and that was hell a lot of fun. We had so many anti-laughs. So he's a two-spirit person who's Cree like me, but they're Plains Cree and I'm Moose Cree, but we we get along. Um, same with my partner as well. They're Plains Cree, but we, we get along. There's been, I believe, a huge history of, you know, trading between the Moose Cree and the Plains Cree. And if anybody else has any more history on that, I'd be really curious to know if there's any stories about that trading that has happened since time immemorial. Anyways, a little bit about me. My name is Candace Linklater, and I was born and raised on my reservation called Moose Factory, Ontario, which is a very northern and remote community way up north. So I worked there as an educator for quite a number of years before moving out into the city. Um, So I taught mostly in elementary school, and I have some experience in secondary school as well as some adult learning programs. So education has always been a huge part of my life. I love to teach and I love, love to learn. Um, I have now been in post-secondary school now, I think on going on 12 years uh, with early childhood education, my Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, Bachelor of Education, my Master's in Education, and now I'm working on my PhD and just beginning the, the start of the dissertation process, which is hella exciting. I can finally, you know, really focus on the studies that I want to. 
which is um, creating uh, education leadership that best supports Indigenous 2S LGBTQ plus students. So that's what my dissertation is on, and I'm very, very excited to go into it more. And I'll probably share a lot of the things that I've learned from that, things that I've learned so far on my journey um, within that study and in the realm of you know, being in the community and offering that support and meeting so many incredible two-spirit people the past few years and Indigenous queer people. It's been phenomenal. So if I've met you, I just am so grateful that that you have crossed my path. And I've also met some two-spirit elders along the way whom I'm very, very thankful for and developed a good friendship there. So these podcasts will be an opportunity for learning for not only for myself, but for you as well. And if there are any particular topics that you would like me to touch on, please email me at info at relentlessindigenouswoman.ca or try to comment on any of my social media posts and I'll see if I can elaborate on some of those topics. But for today, I'm going to be focusing on, you know, what became of Relentless Indigenous Woman, what made this platform so huge and why did I choose Relentless Indigenous Woman? The Relentless Indigenous Woman page started in 2019 when I was working as an elementary teacher at the time and I was also serving on chief and council and I was also on the uh, Moose Cree Education Authority um, board as the vice chair. So I was involved in a lot of things that were, you know, had a lot of influence and where systematic change could occur. But I'm realizing as I was in those roles as an educator and a political leader that there is so much change that needs to happen. Um, and I felt like I needed an outlet. So I created this page, Relentless Indigenous Woman, and I did not think that it would take off in the way that it did. When I initially made Relentless Indigenous Woman, some of my friends can attest to, you know, when I was trying to come up with a name for the group or the page. At first, it was going to be Indigenous Empowerment, but I changed it because I didn't want it to just be about folks that identified as she, her. Um, And I wanted it to be, you know, a place of advocacy and relentlessness and a sense of boldness. So I created Relentless Indigenous Woman instead. And I remember the day so clearly because my students were out at recess. It was the beginning of June and that June feeling, you know, when you're in school and you know that school's going to be ending soon and kids are like high energy and I was also high energy. I'm also a Gemini. I was born in June. So uh, June is just my month. So basically the birth of Relentless Indigenous Woman page began in June, which is so, so fitting. I I just love June for so many reasons. Not only is it my birthday month, but it's also Pride Month and it's also Indigenous History Month. So it's just a bunch of things that are me and myself and it's June and the weather's starting to get warm. So I just love it. Anyway, so that was the beginning of Relentless Indigenous Woman. And I would share some quotes on there. Um you know, just about systematic change and healing and, you know, just tough topics even in just a really short posts. So I curated a bunch of things over the years. Um, and three things, I guess, would really capture the essence of Relentless Indigenous Woman. So three things would be, you know, talking about colonialism. That is one of the first things that I talk about. 
I talk about healing a lot. Um, and I think this relates to many people. If you look on my past posts, it could be related to indigenous and non-indigenous people. Since I'm on my healing journey myself, I, I, you know, resonate a lot with, with the healing posts that I post about. So there's, I talk about colonialism, I talk about healing, and I also, you know, have a dose of um, native humor in there. If you've watched Reservation Dogs or if you've hung out, had the pleasure of hanging out with a group of native people, holy shit, like the, the humor that we have, it's like top tier humor. Like it's, it's always, always a good time. And my stomach always hurts anytime I hang out with my cousins. Like it's just, it's just a good, good time. Um, yeah. So I wanted to create a page that basically was the essence of myself. And I noticed that it grew exponentially from 20, I guess the end of 2019 up until now. I remember a couple of months in particular, I get, I think from like April until June, I had an exponential growth. I went from like 5,000 followers to nearly 50,000 followers. And then it started this momentum of growth. Um, throughout the world. And I'm not, even to this day, I'm not entirely sure what happened, um, but I'm very grateful that it did. Um, there's so many followers now and a lot of folks that, you know, just want to learn and it's like a safe place for community and a safe place for learning. Sometimes we get, you know, those random trolls that are just being little shits, but uh, they <laughs> they just increase my algorithm. Uh, which is hilarious. Uh, so they're trying to be haters, but they're actually increasing the reach of my page. <laughs> so I find that hilarious. Um, so another decision that I decided to make with Relentless Indigenous Woman is uh, to not monetize the page because the reach um, apparently wouldn't go as far. And the point of my page is to reach as many people as possible to create a wave of, you know, thinking and reflecting on indigenous realities. And um, so I decided to not monetize it. Um, there are other ways, you know, that you can support the page or the work that I do. You can hire me for one if you want. Or there's some merch on the, on the page if you're into supporting that way. Um, but yeah, just, and I think one of the best ways to support the page really is to be open to learning, be a student that is willing to learn. And some of this learning involves a lot of humility. It involves a lot of introspection. I know on my journey as somebody who is um, healing from you know intergenerational impacts from residential schools and the influence of the church, um, I've had to do a lot of deconstruction and a lot of introspection and healing from from those ideologies and from that way of thinking and beliefs. Um, I do touch on this sometimes on my page and many of you probably honed in and chimed in and, and you know, really, um, I guess, connected with that kind of message because they're, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, well, not really. It's, it's crazy to me that there are a lot of indigenous communities, particularly in the north, and my theory is that it was because that's where colonialism began. I mean, Moose Factory, where I'm from, is literally called Moose Factory because the Hudson Bay Company started there. Um, 
somewhat like 350 years ago. So Moose Factory is one of the first ones to be touched by, you know, uh, settlers or colonization and um, introduced to those different ways of knowing and being. Not that those things are always necessarily wrong. It's just the way that it has gone about it. Um, the thing with colonialism is that it tells us that there is a right and a wrong way. There's heaven or hell. And that is one way or no way. So I think that kind of thought process, you know, after hundreds of years, um, not just with the new settlers that came in here, but with residential schools and so on and so forth for the point of survival. So with all that being said, it makes it, it's no surprise to me that a lot of Northern communities that were firstly touched by settlers. And the reason why it was Northern is because that's where a lot of the fur trading started. And, um, so that's where a lot of business would occur between, you know, the other countries and indigenous peoples. So it makes sense that there is, you know, such a deep, 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 deeply embedded, um, comfort and, um, belief in Christianity. It makes sense. And here's the thing, like, I'm, I'm not saying those things are inherently bad, what I'm trying to point out is that these some of the theologies that are supported and that are created amongst mostly the, the evangelical churches is this idea that there is a heaven and hell, right or wrong, and that any other way that then you're you're going to hell. And that from my deconstruction journey and the more that I learned about the Bible and the context and the meanings of hell, which in the Bible, when Jesus talked about hell, it wasn't a form of afterlife. It was actually a metaphor. I'll, I'll eventually talk about this stuff on my podcast, but a lot of these things offered me a type of healing, um, from that, you know, that fear, that fear-based belief. And thankfully I got to experience, you know, a really loving and gentle side of the divine, um, without that fear. So I was able to separate that out within my healing journey. Um, I wouldn't call myself Christian. I wouldn't call myself traditionalist. I, from now on, honestly, I wouldn't call myself anything. I'm not entirely sure what to identify as. Um, I think maybe the best way to describe me in my thought process as a universalist I take things into consideration, uh, what resonates with me and what doesn't. Um, if there's ever, you know, an ideology that tells me it is right or wrong, it's this or that, like my red flags go up right away because I'm already healing from a lot of those ideologies from the past. Now I know I'm going on a huge spiel, but I just want to give some context as to why um, I do talk about these topics um, in the coming podcasts and why I do shed light on it. I don't think many communities or many p folks talk about it. I think I'm in a really interesting position being a First Nations person, being somebody who was born and raised on my res, um, being born and raised on Christianity, and then growing up and asking questions and growing up and learning more and growing up and healing 
And I think this offers a unique perspective that I could potentially offer those that are on their healing journey as well. So I'll be talking about an array of topics. And today, this just seems to be one of the things that, you know, have really offered that direction and what makes Relentless Indigenous Woman relentless. Um, so some of the components that I would say make a relentless Indigenous woman or a relentless indigenous person are four things. Um, and there's probably more, but, um, a while ago I offered this free workshop. It was really intimate. It was called becoming a relentless indigenous woman. And it was something that I wanted to share, uh, you know, as a close knit circle. And there were about three classes and I talked about, you know, what made me me, who I am now, and what made me a relentless indigenous woman. Now, up front, I am not these things all the time. I do not feel amazing and, you know, like a badass all the time. Um, I fluctuate, and I think that's what makes me me as well, is I allow those things to come and go. Days I feel like a badass, I'm like, this is awesome, and some days I'm just, I'm just not feeling myself. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay too. So I believe in the power of balance. Anyway, so back to the four things that make a relentless indigenous woman, just from what I believe, um, in my experience is boldness, authenticity, vulnerability, and confidence. Now, these are the four things that I talked about in that workshop in particular. Um, eventually I would like to extend this to be perhaps a bigger, uh, platform to talk about but boldness and being relentless. So if you were to um, talk with my parents about the type of child that I was, um, I talked back a lot and uh, I got in trouble a lot for it. And, and, but at the same time, my mom also knew because my grandma told her that, you know, there's a reason why I am so bold and determined that I'm going to be using it one day for good. So although there were moments where I definitely caused frustration within my parents, I think my mother innately knew that there was a reason for it. So growing up, I always, you know, had a curiosity for other things, which is why when I grew older, you know, away from, you know, the only um, Christian ideology that I was exposed to, um, I got curious about other possibilities because, that's just who I am. So my boldness created questions and curiosity and talking back perhaps when I need to and pushing back on when things just seemed wrong. Uh, so that's boldness for me. Authenticity. Authenticity is another aspect I believe is what makes somebody relentless is being okay with your shortcomings. And they're not a bad thing. Being okay with your shadows being okay with the dark parts of yourself, that that is what makes you part of your story and to not be ashamed about it. I think one of the hugest indicators of, you know, a successful uh, colonial mindedness is how successful it is to create shame and fear within us. And I'll talk about the reason and how colonialism really made an impact, but there are two things that colonialism really hones in on as a society is fear and shame. 
And those two things um, were used a lot um, in, in the Christian circles that I've been in anyways, um, where fear and shame were meant to create change, but really it just created more fear and shame. So I decided to let go of that shit and not allow fear and shame to you know, control my life anymore. I offered myself a lot of self-compassion and gentleness and that I'm still learning and that um, there's nothing inherently evil about me. So I really had to work on that. So being authentic is knowing that there are shadows and dark pieces of you and it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's just pieces of you perhaps that haven't really been tended to. So say, for example, we had trauma when we were younger um, and we didn't really get to tend to that younger self, you know, going back to them and saying, you know, it's okay for you to have felt alone in this moment. I'm here for you. Or it's, it's okay that you feel neglected in this moment. I'm here for you. So having those conversations, I think with my younger self was one of the biggest, biggest steps that I took to, on my healing journey and, you know, obtaining authenticity. Another way of being relentless is, you know, being vulnerable. We live in a world that demands perfectionism. And again, that is also a symptom of colonialism, which I'll also get into within another podcast or another uh, webinar I'll be teaching on. So there's this pressure to be perfect and this pressure to perform and to, you know, convey this certain way of being, um, and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to need help. Part of decolonization, you know, is, is asking for help, connecting with community. I think one of the biggest lies in, you know, the, the, in the mental health um, sector right now is this idea of, you know, self-independence and self-healing and it being only about the self and individualistic ways of healing that misses the whole, whole piece of community. And again, individualism is also a, uh, an element of, of colonization. Community is a huge way to decolonize and connecting with people and creating a sense and safe space for vulnerability to happen. Another component of being relentless, I believe, is confidence. And now this is a piece that definitely comes and goes with me sometimes. But I think, honestly, the piece that gives me the most confidence is knowing who I am and knowing where I came from and knowing that I am not alone. Wherever I go, I always mention my community. Um, I'm very thankful for where I came from and I'm thankful for those that have nurtured me on my journey. Um, whenever I go home, I feel this huge sense of love and connection with a lot of the people back there. And I have a, such a huge family. If you know my Linklater side and you're from my area, um, yeah, where I have a lot of relatives, a lot of cousins. I think first cousins alone, um, I'll have to count, but I think about 35 first cousins. Anyways, um, knowing where I come from and being confident in that and knowing, um, so the last time I was home, I made a real intentional act to, you know, have coffee or um, have good moments of connection with my family. And what I noticed was 
we have such resilience and I am so proud that I come from a lineage of kindness. And to me, kindness is like my number one, um, being kind to myself and being kind to others. That's my number, number one. And I am very thankful that I come from a family that is very kind and very generous. And, uh, that's something that I cling to, um, personally and yours, your way of, you know, gaining confidence may be different. Um, but I'm sharing with you, you know, my journey of gaining that confidence when I seem to, you know, second guess myself, second guess myself, even creating this podcast and starting this recording today. Um, just remembering who I am and where I come from. That is what gives me strength. I think one really amazing thing about the Relentless Indigenous Woman page is that it can connect with so many people that want to be relentless themselves. And I know I have so many followers that are relentless, that do so much incredible work, that are willing to learn and willing to, you know, sit with themselves and have that introspection or create spaces for advocacy. There are so many relentless people out there and you are relentless for wanting to learn. You are relentless for going out and advocating, even when you feel shy or even when you feel like you're an imposter, that is being relentless. And I am so proud of you for those moments that you are relentless. So miigwech and, you know, joining me on this journey of being relentless. Um, this is the first episode of many. Um, I just wanted to give you, you know, just uh, an overview of who I am and what I plan on doing with this podcast. I really hope that this inspires others to continue on their relentless journey, whatever that may be, and that I'm so proud of you and I'm here walking with you. On another relentless indigenous note, um, this month, is going to be National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, where there will be likely a lot of resources and opportunities for learning regarding the painful past of residential schools and its impact on Indigenous peoples. I'll be sharing some resources throughout the month. Um, This month may be very heavy for many Indigenous peoples. I know that it is heavy for me, so I'm going to try to be as gentle as possible, but there's also, you know, that educator side of me that wants to teach um, as, as much as I can and reach as many people as I possibly can. And National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is also called Orange Shirt Day. So if you are looking for an orange shirt for September 30th, um, you can go on my website, uh, relentlessindigenouswoman.ca. And there are some very, very powerful uh, shirts there for adults and children. I am very grateful for you to have tuned in with me today. I very much look forward to this learning journey with you as I continue my learning, as I share with you what I've been learning um, and being on this relentless indigenous journey together. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'll likely be posting every other week. So I'll make an announcement on Instagram, Facebook, And you can check in there whenever there's a new podcast available. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be talking about a lot of things and having different guests with me as well. And I'm very, very excited for this new journey I'm on. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you later. Miigwech. Thank you for joining us on the Relentless Indigenous Woman podcast, where we strive to empower, educate, and inspire 
If you're ready to take your commitment to Indigenous education and advocacy to the next level, connect with us. Relentless Indigenous Women Co. offers services such as keynote speaking, workshops, and guidance on systematic change grounded in Indigenous ways of knowing and being. To learn more, email us at info at relentlessindigenouswoman.ca or visit our website at relentlessindigenouswoman.ca. In the spirit of reconciliation, let's walk together to create global change. Miigwech. Thank you for being part of our community. And until next time, stay relentless.